0: Praise God. As you're walking back to your seats, go ahead and slap somebody, high five and say it's on like Donkey Kong tonight. You guys even know what Donkey Kong is? All make haste. Let's get back to our sheets and get into the word. Praise God. I would just like to say before we get started here how much of an honor it has been for me to be here. You have wonderful district leadership, and you have excellent pastors and representation of the ministry in this district. Felt so welcome and uh i definitely enjoyed the ministry of brother matt woodward he is an awesome guy i don't care what other people say about canadians you're the man bro praise god to these awesome students all showered in red tonight you are the greatest young people on the face of this planet God. Praise God. Praise God. I'd like to read a scripture tonight. I feel like, you know, God has done some things this week. How many feel like God has done some things in your life this week? Definitely I believe that God showed up in our services, broke in, So We can have a breakthrough just so that we can leave this place and break forth and begin to do some things that we've been empowered to do when we leave this place. Praise God. So John chapter 1 verse 5, stand with me. John chapter 1 verse 5. and the light shineth that means it continues to shine in darkness and the darkness comprehend it not the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not or the darkness cannot overpower the light I want you to lift your hands one more time this last night of junior camp. Let God begin to invade your space with one more word from his spirit. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for what you've done in this place over the past few days. Thank you for all the messages, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for all the encounters in worship, Lord God. Right now, Lord, one more time, we want you, Lord Jesus, to step in, Lord God. Have your way amongst us, Lord Jesus. Set something on fire, Lord God, in this place. Turn on the microphone of heaven, Lord God, and speak to us. We don't want to just hear the voice of a man, but we want to hear your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and the glory. One more time, as best as you can, put your hands together and give the devil a headache. By lifting your voice and magnifying the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I have observed that one of the most prevailing mental plights that has tormented people throughout history is fear. Everybody say fear. Fear cripples the mind. Fear hinders your potential. Fear will prevent you from accomplishing great things for the Lord. There are many things that can strike fear into someone's heart. And today I'd like to discuss A few of those fears are properly coined phobias. Now, the most common of all phobias is acrophobia, which is the fear of heights. Many of you may be afraid to climb a tree or afraid to jump off your neighbor's roof into the pool, and I understand because you're afraid of heights. Another common phobia is arachno, phobia. Now I've tried many a time to counsel my wife through this phobia because it's the fear of spiders. I'm just being a little mild for those that are really afraid of those things. Also some more modern phobia that has uh, showed up in our society as a few months back that there were some people running around in the night in some costumes, looking through people's windows at home and they develop cool phobia which is the fear of clowns. No more Big Macs for them. <laughs> now, many of us have either heard or experienced some of these phobias at some point in our lives. However, there are some conditions that are more unique, some conditions that are rather rare, some phobias that people have actually been psychologically diagnosed with. There's some big words here, so I need you to pay attention. I need your minds right now. There is Toronto phobia. It's not the fear of dinosaurs. It's the fear of being tickled by a feather. I'm telling you, this is weird stuff. Then there is butyrophobia, which is the fear of eating peanut butter. Now, see, I can understand this one because I like peanut butter jelly time. But it's a sad day when you don't have milk. Now, there is another phobia that's rather rare, rare called Anatidae phobia, which is the fear of being watched by a duck. It's kind of creepy if you ask me. Now, there are some phobias that would have definitely affected your time here at youth camp. Chromatophobia, which is the fear of money. You might say, why in the world would anybody be afraid of that? This guy sure isn't. But I understand for all those that don't like germs, money travels more than the average person. And you cannot sanitize those dollars. Then there's a blutophobia, which is the fear of taking a shower. And I can understand that if you have ducks watching you. The phobia that's most common in people around your age, even younger, is nyctophobia, which is the fear of darkness. Now, usually, this fear and the symptoms of this fear will surface when you are getting ready to go to bed at night. But to remedy this fear, parents would usually step into the room and implement a device called a nightlight. You got a witness right here. Most night lights are rather small and may seem insignificant. But when used in areas of darkness, nightlights are very effective in curing the fears of those That have been intimidated by the darkness now many of you here have received a touch from God this week but as we are coming to the end of our time memories begin to haunt you of the darkness that awaits your return home but for a few moments tonight I'd like to serve the devil notice That he may have surrounded our minds with darkness. He may have surrounded our homes with darkness. He may have surrounded our schools with darkness. He may have invaded our cities and our families with a gross darkness. But there is a group of students in this great state of Arkansas that will not be afraid and will not be intimidated and will not be overcome by the darkness. Because we've got a father in heaven that's about to step in the room and remedy the darkness. God is getting ready to turn on the night lights. This dark, dying, and devious world needs a solution. And God is going to step in this room and unleash some light to invade the night. No matter how insignificant the devil may try to tell you your light is, the Bible tells us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We need a generation that's not going to be afraid to unleash the light of the Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you. The Bible tells us in John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same talking about that word was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Still talking about the word in him was life and the life was the light of men. And that light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. Now, to properly understand these few verses of John chapter 1, we need to revisit what they are talking about and referencing in the Bible. We need to see what happened in the beginning. So, let's kind of backtrack into Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And verse 3 says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. So in the beginning was the word. What word? The word that God spoke, which resulted in the creation of light. The result of the very first recorded spoken words of God was the introduction of light into a dark world and through this example we can come to the conclusion that the same life-giving power that is in God's word is the same power that brings light into dark places God's word will bring light into dark places And the scripture supports this claim because Psalm 119 verse 30 says the entrance of God's word gives light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Psalm 119 verse 105 says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the first thing that God did when he decided to deal with with, with the darkness was speak a word into that darkness so that that light could appear and all this week, every night service, every day session every teaching moment with your team leaders, there has been a word that has been deposited in your soul and when that word entered you the lights began to turn on and God began to ignite something inside of your heart but after God spoke the light he did something very significant next verse John uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 4 God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness in order for that light to be truly effective the second thing that God had to do was separate that light God intended for light to be distinctively different from darkness light is only for dark places so the best place for light is in darkness and that's why God put light inside of you and then placed you wherever you are and wherever you live so I want to challenge all those negative thoughts that may go through your mind. You were not born into the wrong family. God placed you there so the light can shine. You don't live in the wrong neighborhood. You don't attend the wrong school. You don't need to go to a better church. But you are the light of God that needs to shine in dark situations. Hallelujah. And you're leaving this place and there may not be the worship that you feel here. The music might not be the greatest, but you still have an obligation to let your light so shine in everywhere you go. Your parents may not live for God. People may not do things the greatest. uh, And your circumstance uh, may not be the best. uh, But you've got something uh, on the inside of you uh, that will remedy uh, the darkness in your life. Some of you may only have two or three students in your youth group. But I'm reminded of the scripture today that says where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus. It makes the devil nervous because you've got something that the devil cannot stop, cannot quench, cannot overpower. You've got the light of God on the inside of you. Darkness will never comprehend, never overpower, never understand the light. So with this being said, it should remedy all our awkward feelings when the darkness doesn't understand our light. Never be discouraged or confused when the world looks at you or treats you differently because the darkness will never comprehend your light. The world may not understand it But neither can the world stop it. You've got something that the world cannot push against. You've got the light of God on the inside of you. As we go back to John chapter 1, skip down a few verses. The Bible tells us the same word that it was talking about was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the word was made flesh. The word, which is also the light, took on human form. Now it's important to note today that we are talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the living word. And if Jesus is the word, and the word is the light, it would be safe to conclude that Jesus is the light. Come on, y'all. It's not rocket science. So no matter how intimidating the darkness in your life may seem, when you've got Jesus on the inside of you, there is a light that is emanating from your soul that no devil in hell can stop. Oh, hallelujah. I wish somebody would be excited about the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You've got Jesus, the light of the world. As long as you've got Jesus on the inside of you, as long as you've got that light, there is no darkness that can overpower you and that's why the writer said rejoice not against me O my enemies for when i fall i shall arise he also said when i sit in darkness the lord shall be a light unto me and the psalmist david said the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. I've got nothing to be afraid. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though it host may encamp against me, my heart will not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord And that will I seek after that I may dwell in the presence of the light. John chapter 8 verse 12 begins to back up this claim that Jesus is the light because Jesus said himself, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He also said it in John chapter 9, verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus. Is, the light. is the light. Yes, Jesus is the light of the world. How awesome is that? It's all right, you can clap for that. But then I stumble across another verse that kind of messes me up a little bit because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Now, Jesus said that he was the light of the world. Then he turns around and says, we are the light of the world. How is this possible? This is possible because Jesus explained to the disciples in John 14, verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you so jesus told the disciples that the world did not know the spirit of truth but the disciples knew the spirit of truth because it was presently with them walking and talking however there will come a day when the spirit won't just be with you but the spirit will be in you hallelujah Remember, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and ascended into heaven. And the light of the world was gone until the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And that light came back down in like manner to fill them with his spirit. the light of the world when you receive the Holy Ghost you are receiving Jesus the light of the world and John the Baptist understood this when he wrote in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 he said I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. They didn't have these fancy lights back in the Old Testament neither in the New Testament. They used a different element of energy, not electricity but they used fire to produce light. And what we need before this service is over is a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost fire to illuminate our soul. If God is going to bring light into this dark world, he's going to do it by setting some junior high students on fire. He's going to do it, not just through your parents, not just through the ministers in your church. He's going to do it through you. You are the light of the world. You have the same light that your youth pastor has. You have the same light that your pastor has. You've got the same power living on the inside of you that Brother Matt Woodward and Brother Rima Duncan has on the inside of them. You've got what it takes to light your world. (laughs) But the reason why most of us don't light the world, although we have the potential to, is because of our insecurities and our fears and our tippiness because of the darkness. About a year ago, a 13-year-old girl was brought on a talk show to discuss her wild behavior. And in an attempt to psychoanalyze and remedy this behavior, the host got into a heated disagreement with the teenager to which she made a response that would catapult her to fame and forever change her life. And Daniel Bergoli immortalized the words, Cash Me outside. How about that? And soon after this talk show appearance, the internet got a hold of those words and her rebellion went viral. And as comical and as funny as it may seem, this teenager now has over eight million followers. On her social media outlets. Hope none of you are one of them. And also has landed music contracts all because of her fearless attitude toward being disobedient. She was not ashamed to live in darkness. I wonder what would happen. If two or three students that are in this service tonight began to shake off their inhibitions and insecurities and fears and instead of living your faith in the corner, start to live your apostolic identity and let your light so shine. on the least you can do is begin to respond right now in the presence of the Lord because it's easy to do it when there's other people around you that are doing it but when you leave this place the darkness will try to quench your light but you need to break forth and let your light so shine the world is not ashamed of their dark deeds. But the people of God need to be bold and bright in the Holy Ghost. While others would post pictures of sin on their social media accounts, we need to post pictures of the Savior and what God is doing in our lives. What does that look like in my life, preacher? That looks like taking less selfies of yourself and posting more pictures of how God's moving in your youth group. That means I'm going to retweet other things that are not of God less and begin to retweet things that will promote the kingdom more I'm going to begin to post things and represent the power of the spirit on my social media account when the world decides to broadcast rebellion the church needs to broadcast revival we need to stop talking less about what's going wrong and begin to promote what's going right hallelujah while other people may fall and they may make mistakes and bad things may happen let's not magnify the negative let's begin to promote the power of god moving Robert Lee High School in Tyler, Texas. This school has roughly over 2,500 students with several Bible clubs along with many other programs. And with all this going on, a few apostolic students decided to start a P7 Bible Club. Now, brother got up here this morning and asked if anyone was involved. With the P7 Bible Club and with over, probably over 200 students here, only two hands went up. Now, not trying to be mean here, but we have an obligation. Doesn't matter if we're not old enough. Doesn't matter if you don't feel like you're powerful enough. The little light that you have is enough to dispense the darkness in your school. These students tried several ways to get others involved with no success. And after a while, they got a bit discouraged, But they were not see- and they were not seeing the results that they thought they would. But they never verbalized or highlighted that negative. After a year, they decided to change things up and start having their meetings in the afternoon. And it just so happens that the teacher that was sponsoring their P7 club also has detention at the same time. So now we've got students going to detention just to hear the word of the Lord and not because they were sent there. And the children that are sent there have to sit there and hear the word of the Lord. Because some students decide to let their lights show shine. Volunteer high school in Tennessee. There's a coach by the name of Coach Arnold that opened up his classroom every Wednesday morning since 2014 for a P7 Bible Club at this high school. Through this Bible Club, over 23 students had been baptized in Jesus' name because this coach allowed the P7 to take place in his classroom. When this club first started, the coach would kind of go to another area and try to do some busy work and make copies that he probably didn't need or find some other things to keep himself busy and not really listen or engage in the lessons. But as time progressed, he eventually began to stay in that P7 club session, and he began to even participate. One day, Coach Arnold decided he'd like to teach one of those lessons. And not too long after, this high school coach decided to attend a P7 rally and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why not you? Why not your school? Why not your friends? Why not your family? Why not your life? Have a seat. Matthew chapter 25 something very alarming about this story most of us when we hear of this story it's usually spoken of or taught about in light of the coming of the lord the bible says in matthew chapter 25 verse 1 kingdom of heaven is likened unto 10 virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom and 5 of them were wise 5 of them were foolish the reason those uh, were, that were foolish were called so because they took their lamps and took no oil with them. But those that were wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all of those virgins arose, all of them got their lamps ready. But the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go and go buy from those that sell. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage supper of the lamb door was shut and afterward came also the other virgins saying Lord Lord open the door to us but he answered them and said verily I say unto you I know you not and the moral of the story here watch therefore for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man cometh Ten virgins, the wise took extra oil. The foolish didn't bring any oil with them. them. So just having the lamp or the light or the flame didn't make them wise. They needed something extra to make sure that flame kept burning. Their willingness to do what it takes to keep the lights on made them wise. Is it possible to have the light and still be foolish or make foolish choices or make foolish mistakes? Yes, it is very possible to have the light and miss your opportunity to meet the bridegroom. So many of us will look at this story and say, well, it's talking about the coming of the Lord. But what if it doesn't just apply to the coming of the Lord in the future, but it also applies to the calling of the Lord in your present? You have got to make sure that when God is ready to use you, that you are ready to be used. Because there's going to be a time where you may feel a little weary. They all slumbered and slept. And when they heard the call, they all heard the call. But not all of them was able to answer it because they didn't have enough. And their light grew dim. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you get here In this week is not enough to take you through the whole year you need to store up a reservoir of oil and Holy Ghost anointing so that when the darkness tries to intimidate you you've got enough to keep the lights on I know this part may not be as popular, but this is just as important. You need to make sure you are praying when you don't feel like praying. You need to make sure you are reading God's word when it's not popular. You need to make sure that you are storing enough oil so that your light can keep on shining. So as opposed to ending this week of camp in an uproar, I wonder if we can make some conscious commitments tonight. It's quiet, but I feel like this is what God wants to do. I wonder if we can stand right now and begin to determine in our hearts... That this is not going to be the sum total of a powerful experience this year. I can have the same experience when I'm at home. And instead of doing things that will begin to compromise your light when you're at home. You want to be doing things that will store up oil to fuel your light. So as I open up this altar, I want you to find those that you go to church with, and I want you to get in some groups with your youth groups, and if you're a youth pastor here, I want you to come and begin to gather with those that are in your youth group. to make sure we got enough oil because the oil will fuel our fire if there's a lack of fire or your flames grow dim the origin of the problem is not with the light itself but with the oil supply that keeps the light going this prayer is a spiritual oil checkup to be blameless and harmless as the sons of God the Bible says without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world I've seen so many people that were on fire for God fall away become destroyed by the darkness because they didn't have enough oil to fuel their light. Let it not be said of you this time next year that you didn't make it. You prayed good in the altars but you didn't make it because you didn't have enough oil to fuel your light as you're gathering with your youth groups I want you to begin to lift your voice and begin to address the Lord your God that he will come down and begin to fill your lamps and begin to get a little extra for the times that you may not feel like letting your light shine letting that fire burn when you go back There may be others in your youth group that stop shining their light but you've got to store up enough that even if others around you stop letting the light burn that you have enough oil that you can make the call of the God God has called you to invade your dark world but you can't answer that call if you don't have enough oil to fuel your light. Come on, this prayer right here is a commitment not just to God Not just to yourself, but also to the person you're standing next to. That I'm going to keep more oil for my light. And I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to make sure that we are both doing what it takes to keep my light burning. what it takes and there's going to be a long stretch of time before you go back to school will you have enough oil to do what God wants you to do when school time comes back around some of you may feel inspired right now to do a work for the Lord in your school but if you don't store up enough oil you won't answer the call
1: That I can't control, I want more of you, God. I want more, I want more of, of you, God. God. To set a fire down in my soul That I can't take, that I can control, I want more of you.